and welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have those conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. I'm Lori Steele. And I'm Joey Boudreaux. And we so appreciate you continuing to tune in. Um, I had the opportunity this week, Joey, to listen to the sister of a recipient tell her side of the story. So we know how it affects those people who are waiting on a transplant or the donor families. This was a sister. There's so many. It's, it's funny when we think about it, we like to think about the lives saved, yes. but there's so many other lives that are impacted. It's amazing. And, and she was so emotional. We were in front of high school students. They were getting teary-eyed listening to her journey. So we always say it takes one person to make a difference. She told her story for the first time. And it was magical. They said that was the most genuine speaker they had had in that classroom. So that was amazing. So one person can make a difference. We've got to get her on. That's it. We like her. That's Miss Miss Maddie Smith there. So thank you to her. And thanks for helping us spread the word about organ donation. And we hope that you do the same. Absolutely. And we want you guys to talk about it. We want you guys to listen to us on our podcast. You can listen to us on iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast app might be. Yeah. And, you know, we always say, hey, check out our Facebook page, Donate Live. Louisiana. There are pictures of Maddie and her sister, Savannah, who received a liver, talking about donation on our Facebook page. But there's Twitter and Instagram, too. We want you to be connected. We want it to be as easy as possible for you to help spread the word. We want you to help spread the word about this podcast, too. Today, there's lots going on that we're talking about. Um, first of all, there's a huge celebration connected to the Baton Rouge Eye Bank, so helping people see. Great. Yeah. In our community segment, we'll be talking to a young, up-and-coming race car driver driver who's recently had his life completely impacted by donation. That is a cool story. So we'll tell you about that. We're honor a hero here on The Gifted Life and take your questions and answers. Stay tuned. Okay, we have a friend who's going to join us here on the podcast. We always love that. And this is a real partner when it comes to LOPA, making life happen, increasing Louisiana's donor registry. So I am pretty pumped to introduce you to my friend, Miss Jamie Collier with the Baton Rouge Eye Bank. She is their technical director. Hey, Jamie. Hi, Lori. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, and Jamie's one of those people that's really easy to get along with. When we say, hey, we have a project going on. Can you help? I'll be there. What do you need? She's one of those types of people, which we love, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Anything to help donation. There you go. And so you're with the Baton Rouge Eye Bank, and we know that you guys are uh, getting ready to celebrate quite a milestone because you guys do such a great job. So fill us in. Thanks. Yes. Next year in March, as a matter of fact, we will be celebrating our 40th anniversary, 40 years of giving sight to our area, to the state and to the world internationally. And so talk about some of the numbers that um, you guys are seeing just with the Baton Rouge Eye Bank and giving sight to folks. Yeah, last year we we helped give sight to about 205 people. And I'd say through this last 40 years, there's probably been close to 4,000, which is, I feel, a huge accomplishment. Absolutely. 4,000 people that can see again, um, spend time with their families, see their families, read. It's it's amazing. So, Jamie, uh, I know you're from Baton Rouge Regional Eye Bank. So what areas do you cover? Uh, you know, we, we've talked to Colleen out of Southern Eye Bank, and, and for the audience, we kind of talked uh, a little bit about how, you know, the state is divided. We've got three different eye banks that recover in the state of Louisiana. So can you tell us a little bit about you guys' coverage area? Sure. 
sure. We are in the Baton Rouge and surrounding areas. So it would be um, the Baton Rouge hospitals and um, maybe some of the hospitals in the parishes that surround. So West Baton Rouge and um, Livingston Parish. And also we have um, one facility in Lafayette, which is um, Our Lady of Lords. Okay. And then you guys are actually located in a hospital. We are, which is a, a huge blessing because we are close to those doctors that help give sight, and we're also close to all those nurses and physicians. So we are in the middle of it, and we really enjoy that. Yeah, and that's at Our Lady of the Lake. That's correct. That's correct. In Our Lady of the Lake, in the Medical Plaza, too. We're in Suite 1005, and recently we moved in the last couple of years to this suite. We were on 207, and it's been very nice. We have a larger lab, um, nice conference room that allows us to hold meetings for our staff and for volunteers. That's, that's great. And you talked about it earlier uh, that you guys helped give sight to over 200 people last year. Are there any of the recipients or maybe donor family stories that really touched your heart that you can remember more than others? One in particular, there are so many, but one in particular has been Hazel. She has um, been a huge force for us. She wants to spread the word um, anywhere she can. She was watching actually a news program, I believe with John Patrick, and um, our medical director, Dr. Thomas Heigl, and he was talking about um, a cornea disease, Fuchs dystrophy, and a lot of the symptoms she had, and so she went and saw Dr. Heigl, and lo and behold, she was diagnosed and he transplanted her shortly thereafter and ever since she has um, said what can I do to help how can I spread the word and she's been great and people are drawn to her I love me some Miss Hazel we share her story she all is. the time yeah and, and we see folks like Miss Hazel at an event that's um, coming up we got we partner with you guys it's Lopa and the iBank and it's the Thanksgiving service and that's coming up on November 18th but it's really just a, a great place to go celebrate life happening and the partnership that we share. That is very true, and and it's moving to watch these donor families and and recipients get up and light a candle in memory of either someone they've lost and has helped so many, or someone that has helped restore their sight. And um, I really look forward to that every year. I know it, it's really um, beautiful, and it, it just you, you take a step back and you just really appreciate life after hearing all these stories and meeting with all these folks. Very true. And I had a question. You talked about, you know, a lot of these donor families and recipients there at the service. Are any, do any of them know who the, their donor family was from a recipient standpoint and vice versa? Or do they ever meet? Yeah. Them? They do. They do. Sometimes they're, um, they meet up. We actually had one year where there was a person going around trying to find their um, donor family. And lo and behold, rare chance they did meet up. It was beautiful and heartwarming to see um, both of them make that connection that they so desperately wanted. Ah, we love that. And we love that your volunteers are called visionaries. <laughs> they are. We like that. They are. Yeah. Uh, so we like that. We know that um, I see them out at, at health fairs, and they are just talking about the greatest gift that we receive, the gift of sight. And so, um, so you guys use them in the community to help spread the word. 
Yeah, health fairs. They also help organize events for us. I know um, we're hoping to maybe put something together for next year, and so they're a large part of that organization in the community, getting out, um, asking for sponsorships, spreading the word, um, finding the facility, doing every step of the way. They are um, just great. So you said you mentioned that they they have found each other or try to find you know uh, the other whether it was a recipient or a donor family. So if if a donor family was trying to reach a recipient, how would they go about doing that? The best way would to be contact iBank directly because everything's confidential mm-hmm. until both parties agree to me, and so they could contact us um, directly at our phone number two two five. Seven six six eight nine nine six. They could also email us or check out our website at www.ibankbr.org, and we can um, at that point uh, sit down with them, um, learn their story, and hopefully connect them. All right. Thank you, Miss Jamie, the technical director for the Baton Rouge iBank, a great partner um, for LOPA in increasing our donor registry and just spreading awareness about donation. If you have questions about something that we talked about, you can always hit us up at info at lopa.org. Joey, full speed ahead here. We're talking about promoting organ donation um, outside the box, thinking one person really making a difference. And the cause is close to his heart. That's right. Yeah, We've got on the line here, we've got Kenton Koch. He is with the IMSA, I-M-S-A, prototype light powered by Mazda. And Lori, he is the four-time champion right now and and he's got a huge tie to donation hey how's it going kenton can you hear me yeah yeah i can hear you loud and clear awesome so uh thank you for very much for coming on our podcast uh we wanted to touch base a little bit and 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 kind of get your story uh so uh what got you interested in donation what was your, your tie to donation well, uh, it, it's a it's a pretty cool story, and it's uh, uh, you know my mom is actually a recent recipient of a heart, and she was on uh, she she was diagnosed with cardiomyopathy about 14 years ago, uh, dilated cardiomyopathy, with the hardening of the muscle, so it doesn't really allow the heart to pump that well, and it got too bad um, for her to actually you know, use her heart anymore. So she ha- she was put on the uh, you know, the heart transplant list after, you know, being on a, a defibrillator. And, uh, you know, the defibrillator was obviously an implantable one. So she's had that for, you know, six, seven years now. Um, but, you know, not, of course, she's on all the drugs. But the thing was, you know, she, she received her heart in January. And, you know, she's been doing awesome ever since. And it's just really cool to, you know, to have her, back to you know the the old mom i i used to know so uh, uh, full of energy and you know just uh doing what she used to do i love sitting here and listening to you talk about your mom the way that that you're talking about her um i lost my mom right after high school so i love to see those connections between moms and, and children and this is a really strong connection so um we think that miss karen did some some good parenting there uh on her part so you grew up as a as a racer, like from eight years old, you 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 love that, and that's something that you use to help promote donation. Yeah, I, I started racing when I was about eight years old, and um, my mom and I, you know, we really wanted to to try and help uh, get this to be more aware. And 
and at the level I'm at right now, there's a lot of audience uh, to be had, and there's a lot of people to uh, you know to to reach out to. So we we have a unique opportunity to you know to help raise awareness for organ donation through my racing endeavor. So you know there's anywhere between 25 to 75,000 people on a racetrack at at the races I'm at, and you know it's it's pretty. You know, easy just to set out a table in front of your in front of your paddock. But the thing is, it's it's more. Uh, there's a lot of other opportunities other than just you know helping promote the track. So it's uh, it's pretty cool, and uh, you know a u- a unique opportunity to try to help raise awareness. So so take us back a little bit. I know you kind of touched on it earlier, but take us back. You know, to to I'm sure mom was probably very present you know, in your racing and, and cheering you on the entire time. And in that time you found out uh, that she was as sick as she was to need a transplant. Can you take us through that a little bit? Yeah, it was, uh, it was a little over a year now when she got put on the, the heart transplant list. Um, and she, she's pretty much gone to every race. And at any time she couldn't go to a race, you know, she was glued to the computer uh, looking at the live timing and scoring sheets, and you know, anytime I, I I got back to my phone after getting out of the car, you know, it was lit up with text messages from my mom. So it was, Aww. you know, it was one of those things where she she really wished she was there, you know, and it was really bad when you know, she got her her heart transplant or she was put on the list because well she couldn't travel anymore because you know you have to stay within a, a certain distance of the hospital unless you get a phone call. So you can be, you know, ready and admitted and, you know, go through that whole, you know, whole ordeal. Um, so it was kind of, it, it sucked because she wasn't there. And, you know, there was times where it was hard um, to, to not have her there just because, you know, it's, you know, you like to see your mom cheering from the sidelines. But, uh, you know, she was at home and, you know, she, it was hard for her to sleep every night just yeah. because she didn't want to miss the, the phone call. So. The, those six months of, of waiting for the actual transplant were were the roughest on her um, for for multiple reasons. So we're we're glad she has one now. And you said you know she was waiting the whole time, you know, and she couldn't sleep, waiting for that phone call. And then she finally got the phone call. Uh, how anxious, excited, uh, you know, nervous were you at that point? I'll tell you what, there was, it was pretty much all the emotions you just explained. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, nervous, uh, you know, excited and happy and tears of joy and, you know, pretty much pretty much every emotion you can have was present in, you know, one period of time. So uh, I, my mom got the call and I wasn't at home, um, but I walked in the door probably, you know, five minutes after she got the call and she was, you know, get, gathering her things, crying and getting stuff ready to go to the hospital. And, you know, then we got to the hospital and, you know, the, everything happened and, um, you know, the actual transplant itself, you know, it was the, the roughest part was probably watching her, you know, probably saying goodbye as she went into pre-op. Um, and, you know, all, <laughs> you know, that was, that was the roughest part because, yeah. you know, you, you never know what's going to happen. So, but it was we we were constantly getting updates uh, throughout the uh, the procedure, and you know when we heard she was getting sewed up, we were like you know tears of joy. So it was it was nice. Aww. And so we hear the connection that um, that you have, and we know that she must be a proud mom. 
21 years old, very accomplished, a business major at Cal State Fullerton. Um, you're a racer, you're a very accomplished racer, um, and then you take on this cause that you don't have to do, um, but you put it out on the forefront because you know it can save more lives. Now, in the racing community itself, um, was this cause embraced as well? We know why it's important to you, um, but when you tell your story, do you see it making an impact? Yeah, it definitely definitely is. We've had multiple people uh, be influenced by this, and that's just on a personal level. Um, and we, we've touched multiple people's hearts at the track with with our story. And um, a, another story that's you know really really you know actually gaining some momentum is uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of Justin Wilson, but he was a, a famous IndyCar driver that just recently passed. Yeah. Um, you know, a few weeks ago. Uh, and you know he his organs saved six people's lives. Yeah. So the fact that um, you know a, a national or international superstar like Justin Wilson, you know, it was sad that he has passed, and he was one of my one of my heroes. You know, he was he had a great heart and a great person and personality, and you know, it's it's just really cool to see him keep on giving you know, after, after life. And that's, that's the whole point of this is, you know, it's to try to, you know, keep giving people life after, you know, you, you, you've ended yours and it's, you know, it, it definitely helps, um, you know, the, the, for a better cause of, you know, signing up to be an organ donor. So I have to ask, so, uh, how's your mom doing today and, and how is she, you know, after her heart transplant compared to before? She got well, I'll tell you what, she's not home right now. So she's out and about doing her things, <laughs> and, you know, doing everything that she used to do. So it's, it's cool to see her, you know, out and about and, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, just like a spring flower, you know, it's, it's cool to, to see her, you know, just blooming with joy and energy. And, you know, she goes on her morning walks and, you know, even though we've had this California heat that's been like, you know, 95 degrees at nine o'clock in the morning, we she still goes out and walks the dog and goes on her three-mile walk every morning, and you know, she's been doing better than she ever has. She didn't oh. really realize how bad she felt until she got this heart. Mm -hmm. So she was quite glad that she, she did get it. But, you know, before she was, you know, quite on an emotional roller coaster and not knowing what to do. And, and she's like, is it really worth it? And I was like, Mom. Come on, like, it's worth it. <laughs> this is it. Aww. And so, well, it sounds like she's doing great. We appreciate it. We appreciate you sharing her story. And we also appreciate the fact that as you travel, you try to partner with the different organ procurement agencies um, across the country to help spread awareness. And uh, we tried to do that here in the Bayou State in Louisiana, but we got rained out. That was a bummer. Yeah, <laughs> sadly. Yeah, but this is the next best thing, right? You know, we can... We can always continue to, to work together. Yeah, well, we're, we're waiting for your, your second visit, and, and we're kind of getting prepped for you. Joey and I went to uh, NOLA Motorsports, mm -hmm. and we think that we got a pretty good chance of competing against you. I spend a lot of my time in the grass, <laughs> so if you could tell me how to do avoid that, that would be great. I'm going to challenge you to a go-kart race. <laughs> Figure those things out. 
Man, I can't, I can't teach you guys too much, son. You guys will be beating me. So that, that, that's the thing. Yeah, I don't that think so. Uh, yeah. But well, we appreciate you uh, promoting donation on and off the track. Um, we know your Facebook page, you also help to promote um, donation um, and through your website as well, Kitten Coke. That's K-O-C-H racing.com or the Facebook page, which is simply Kitten Coke, right? Uh, yeah, it's pronounced Coke, but it's uh, it's completely all right. <laughs> yeah, K-O-C-H is how you spell it. And uh, you just go to KentonCokeRacing.com, spelled K-O-C-H, and that's, uh, that's the website there. And uh, same thing for the Facebook page. All right. Well, we appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for what you do. And we can't wait to see you out on the track. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. All right. We appreciate it. Okay, Joey, now is a time where we really focus on the true heroes when it comes to donation, and that would be our donors. Um, right now, we want to focus on Robin Duaron. Uh, we got this letter from her sister, Rachel. Robin was a hero back in 2004. Family still, you know, processing that that happened, that she became a hero, uh, but they go on to tell her story, and it's quite an incredible story. So, you know, this is coming from the sister side, and she said that her and Robin were very best friends through elementary school and just going to school together. They were friends. They were sisters. They did things together. They also, you know, how it goes, fought mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes when you have brothers and sisters, you know how that goes. And um, she says she'll never forget teenage years learning to drive, doing the driving test together, got the driver's license, and of course at the OMVs, they ask you, do you want to be an organ donor? She said, they said yes, they committed to doing that. They were only 15 years old at the time, but they knew that it was something that they should do, but they really didn't know what it meant to be a donor, And um, but she knew that they were committed to helping save lives. Yeah, and then fast forward to October 2004, which was some 20 years later, uh, Robin's accident happened. She was rushed to the hospital, and then, you know, of course the family made it in, and, and they heard, you know, the bad news that she might not make it. Of course, they had a driver's license, and they saw that she had a red heart, you know, a, a red heart right there on the license. You know, Rachel, her sister, already knew that because that's something that they had done, you know, 20 years prior together and Rachel talks about how you know God gave me the honor to have known Robin for 34 years she had the biggest heart of anyone I've ever known my family and I believe because of her kind and generous heart she would want to help others in any way that she could because of her generosity and unselfish act of love five people are blessed to still be with their families today Robin Duaron, a true hero, and she's helping us save more lives today by drawing attention to the topic of donation. In years past, she was a floor graph, so honored during the Rose Parade, and that's in front of a national audience. Yeah. We still share her story. Um, she's on our um, Faces of Donation page. If you visit lopa.org, you can see the person that we're talking about. You can read her story there, and you can see those other heroes of donation as well. So um, please take time to do that. At this point, though, in this podcast, we want to pause, and we want to say thank you to Robin Duaron for the gift of life. Here 
here on The Gifted Life. We love to have folks become part of the podcast. And the way that we do that is we ask folks to send us questions here at info at lopa.org. And we try to tackle as many as possible and give you the right information so that we can spur those healthy conversations about donation. So the question coming in was a donor family received a letter with some initial information shortly after their loved one became a donor, which is commonplace, right? So now time has passed and they would like a follow-up. How are these recipients doing? Is that okay to ask? Absolutely. We have such a really good family services department at LOPA. Mm -hmm. And they will get an initial letter just giving a little bit of information. And then, of course, letting the family know that this person is doing well. But certainly, you can at any point call back and, and we will investigate that situation. We'll investigate and try to find out more information for them. We as in the Family Services Department. And, and we'll get that information back to you. Yeah, we provide you with as much support as possible to do that, to communicate directly with those family service coordinators. It's family services at lopa.org. Family services at lopa.org. You can email them today. The end of yet another Gifted Life podcast. Um, it's such a blessing to be able to talk about donation, to talk about those who are really making a difference in the world of donation and just making life happen. Absolutely, Laura. We definitely want to give special thanks to Jamie Collier, who's a technical director at Baton Rouge Regional Eye Bank, for giving us all that insight on eye donation. I like that. And then we want to thank Kenton Koch. He's certainly an up-and-coming star in the racing industry. He's a winner on and off the track, helping us to promote organ tissue and eye donation. I like that, Joey. Very (laughs) good. And I like that he loves his mama, so you got to like that. But we always talk about one person making a difference. He doesn't have to do what he does, but he does it out of the kindness of his heart, the goodness of his heart. He knows about donation, and he wants to help us spread the word. And we know those who are listening right now want to do the same. Um, It could be sharing a post from our Facebook page or telling someone about this podcast. Do what you can to make a difference today. And thanks for listening here on The Gifted Life.